back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The NFL season began last night with the Lions' second-half rally to beat uh, the Chiefs. For analysis and a look ahead of the season, we're now joined, and then I look at some Sunday games too. Out to the KDOS hotline we go. We're now joined the Sports Zone by longtime Sports Zone guest Mike Tanier of The Messenger and also co-author of the FTN Almanac. And, Mike, always good to have you. Let's start with last night. The Lions offseason and the, the, the preseason hype uh, is probably you know, sky high, even more out of control now after they beat the uh, shorthanded Chiefs last night. How did the Lions manage to really not maybe not dominate the second half, but they certainly closed it out in the fourth quarter? How'd they do that? You know, it's more of a gutsy win than a great win when you look at it. Of course, you beat the Chiefs, so you don't want to underestimate that under any circumstances. But, you know, the Lions do it with, frankly, a what should have been a completed pass bouncing out of a receiver's hand into Brian Branch's hand. That becomes a pick six. Uh, they do it with the uh, Chiefs looking at like a short yardage situation and instead of running the ball, running some wacky Blake Bell trick play, Statue of Liberty play, getting a loss, being forced to punt. They, they took advantage of a lot of Chiefs' errors, you know, both strategically and the fact that the Chiefs just don't have the receiving core they've had in past years. So, you know, the Lions did a lot right. They played very sound on defense. Uh, they made some of the plays they had to make. They made some very clever decisions along the way. But there were a lot of cases where they were the team that capitalized whether, rather than necessarily being the team that was, you know, playing outstanding football themselves. Andy Reid didn't exactly have his best game. Uh, you mentioned the drop <laughs> passes. Also, I think the two new offensive tackles are, you know, you know sketchy at best. Uh, reason for concern uh, on those things or just, you know, one week and a slow start? Well, the reason for concern is that the Chiefs are a Super Bowl or bust team. They're the defending champion. If they lose in the playoffs, that's a, that's a bad season for them, you know, as opposed to the Lions, who if they make it to the playoffs and, like, win one game, that's a huge season for them. So your reason for concern for the Chiefs is, uh, okay, Travis Kelsey comes back next week, probably they'll be fine there. We don't know when Chris Jones is coming back, and we don't know if this is a team that's going to be able to stand up against the Bills and the Bengals and any other powerhouses that might emerge in the AFC the way they're currently constructed. Kelsey coming back will help. Like you said, the, the tackles, you know, there was some weird stuff going on in terms of the, the blocking and the way those tackles were aligning to, to keep Patrick Mahomes healthy. The receivers are not getting any better this year. This might not be a team that can stand up against the other Super Bowl contenders. So let's just go with the two guys who sat out last night. You know, who'd they miss the most, Kelsey or Chris Jones? It's absolutely Kelsey. I mean, if you just look at the, at the pick six, that's a play where the ball probably doesn't go to Kadarius Tony in a situation like that. That's a kind of play where you look to Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey makes that catch. It's a 10-yard catch. Instead, it goes to a guy who kind of uh, volleyballs it in the air for a defender to catch. So, you know, the defense played pretty well. Uh, remember, uh, of the 21 points the Lions scored, seven were a defensive touchdown. The defense only allowed 14 points. Mm -hmm. They did get gashed a few times against the run. Jones is important, but Travis Kelsey is not just a tight end. He's the wide receiver one there. He's the answer to Stephon Diggs or Justin Jefferson for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. They need him back to, to stay in the Super Bowl picture. Mike Tanier of uh, The Messenger and co-author of the FTN Almanac, currently in the sports zone. 
All right, so let's just kind of go back to the preseason, offseason, training camp portion of the of the uh, of the calendar here. Did we really learn anything during that stretch that maybe changed your opinion, uh, 2023 regular season opinion of a team or two? Well, there's a lot. I'll start with the Denver Broncos, who going into the training camp, you had a feeling, well, maybe Sean Payton is going to resuscitate Russell Wilson, and you know he's going to tur- turn that franchise around quickly. And the impression I get coming out of it is it sounds like he's at loggerheads with Russell Wilson and that he's not necessarily happy with the roster and that he wants to try and figure out how to rebuild. Now, we'll know more in the week or two, week or two but you know during the, uh, during the training camp when Russell Wilson took the field in preseason games, he looked a little bit lost. He looked skittish. Um, when Sean Payton would comment on the way things were going, he was not upbeat. He was not uh, uh, optimistic. And, you know, he, he fired shots across Russell Wilson's bow. So there's a team I think a lot of us are looking at as possibly, you know, a stealth contender, quick turnaround team. I look at them and say we might be talking in week four or week five about how eager they are to blow things up. NFC season-long predictions. Uh, any surprise, quote-unquote, division winners uh, heading into the – or wild-card teams for that matter? The thing you have to keep an eye on in the NFC is that someone has to win the NFC South. And the <laughs> NFC South schedules are incredibly easy. Not only do they play each other and none of the teams are strong, but they all play teams like uh, the Colts, who are rebuilding with a rookie quarterback, the Texans, mm-hmm. who are rebuilding with a rookie quarterback, the Titans, who should be rebuilding with their rookie quarterback. They all get to face these teams. So you need to look at the Saints, who are full of veterans, who we know are pretty good to very good players. And you have to look at the Falcons, who did a lot of rebuilding, particularly on defense, where you don't necessarily notice it uh, as, as quickly. And if you look at those two teams and say, their schedules are going to put them in a position they could win 10 games, 11 games, even 12 games, and not be particularly great teams, teams that just get out there and smoke a lot of rebuilding teams. And if that's the case, those are teams you have to watch out for in the playoffs as well because if you're going to play a home game in the Superdome, even if you're a better team, you have to watch it because that can be a big home field advantage for a team like the Saints or like the Falcons. Okay, time for my daily cheap shot to the local team here. Are the Cardinals the worst team in the NFL? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I think that I, I, when a team goes out of their way to make themselves weaker two weeks before the season, and, and that's really what happened. You know, Isaiah Simmons goes from somebody who was expected to start to somebody who gets traded, you know, for a, a six-pack of energy drink. You know, and Colt McCoy, through the entire <laughs> process of the offseason, yeah, we get it. Everyone gets it. It's like, okay, they're going to roll with Colt McCoy because Kyler Murray's hurt, and they're going to kind of deal with the fact that he's like the offensive coordinator playing quarterback. And they don't, they don't punt on this plan in July. They don't punt on this plan on August 1st and say, hey, you know what, Clayton Tuner, you know what, we're making a trade. They punt on this plan on, like, August 28th or whenever it was that they made that decision to bring in Bob. They're telling you, you know, who they are this year and, and kind of what their long-range plan is. Okay, from the minor leagues and the Cardinals, back to the major <laughs> leagues here. Uh, the AFC, uh, any surprises or division winners, wild-card teams that you have there? Well, you know, it's tough because I think we all put the Bills in the East. We all put the Jaguars in the South. I don't think anyone's thinking otherwise. And we all still are going to put the Chiefs in the, at the front of the uh, West. We're not going to overreact to what we saw on Thursday night. And that leaves the North. And I don't think it's a surprise in the North. I mean, I'm, I'm really high on the Bengals. I think the Bengals are a very strong team. I think they might now have the best offensive line in the NFL because they added Orlando Brown to an already strong rebuilt line. But if you want to say – 
hey, you know, the Ravens got receivers for, for Lamar Jackson finally. I can buy that. If you want to tell me, you know, Steelers are strong top to bottom. I can buy that. If you tell me, well, you know, Deshaun Watson is now back to, you know, football, regular football, regular offseason, and they added pieces in Cleveland, I could buy that as well. So whoever you pick in the AFC North, I don't think that's a surprise. I'm going with the Bengals, but, like, you're not going to, you're not going to blow somebody's mind or get, like, a plus 500 money line if you go with one of those other teams. Do you have an official or unofficial Super Bowl prediction? I am going with the Bengals against the Eagles. In the NFC, it is so tough because you have the Eagles, you have the 49ers. I think some people will put the Lions in there, will put the Cowboys in there. And it's kind of a who's going to be healthy in December type of question among those teams. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm banking on the idea that the Eagles have that front-line talent. They have a lot of depth on defense, and they'll be that healthy team. In the AFC, again, the reason I'm going with the Bengals, a little bit of what we saw last night, that the Chiefs might be built for 12 wins, not 14 wins this year. And I feel the same way about the Bills, that they've been slowly been losing guys, you know, losing guys uh, on the edge rush and losing guys at linebacker. And these other positions that aren't glamorous and they don't make headlines, but you lose a little bit from the Bills, and the Bills do not have a lot to lose because they were always the second or third best team in the AFC, and now, now they might be the third. Talking to NFL with Mike Tanier, the messenger and also co-author of the FTN Almanac. All right, let's get into this with these week one matchups. San Francisco at Pittsburgh. Uh, what should we expect from Nick Bosa? And uh, do you believe that the Pittsburgh offense during the preseason with Kenny Pickett is uh, on, on the right track here? Oh, it's on the right track. I think people are overreacting. I, I've seen people like put them in as a Super Bowl pick, and that's, that's overreacting. You know, they, they were playing backups at times. They were not playing schemed teams. It looks like an offense going in the right direction. I think you can expect from Nick Bosa what we always expect from Nick Bosa. He's going to wreak havoc on, havoc on his side. I think D.J. Watt will wreak havoc on his side as well. Um, I look at this game and I say this is not a great matchup for the 49ers. You know, the, the 49ers want an opponent that's not going to tackle well so that Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel can turn, like, one-yard passes into 30-yard games. I think we know the Steelers uh, uh, tackle very well and play fundamentally sound defense. I think the 49ers like it when Brock, Brock Purdy can sit in the pocket. You can't really sit in the pocket against the Steelers' defense. So this is one of my minor upsets. I'm not gaga over the Steelers, but I like the matchup for the Steelers. This is one of my minor upsets for this week. Green Bay at Chicago. Do we believe in Jordan Love? Do we believe in the Bears? We don't believe in the Bears. Uh, we're hoping to see a Justin Fields that's improved and exciting to watch. Uh, the little cameos we saw in the preseason really weren't that strong. For this game, uh, this is a game I would be really jumping on the Packers hard in terms of, you know, the, the team to pick, the team to pick this week, except that we're watching the injury report. Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, that's the number one and number two receiver for Jordan Love, uh, are questionable. I don't know their status as yeah. of now. We'll know in a few hours. Um, but if they're good to go, we're going to really see Jordan Love. If not, you might want to push pause on any big reactions uh, to, to this guy because you know nobody's going to look good without wide receiver one and wide receiver two. Miami at the Chargers. How does uh, Miami defense coordinator Vic Fangio try to compensate for the, at least the next couple of months without Jalen Ramsey? Uh, you know, the one thing he has going for him is that's a very stout defense up the middle. You got guys like Christian Wilkins and Jerome Baker at defensive tackle and at linebacker. And I think they've got a little more talent at the edge than they've had in the past. So you try to stay stout up the middle, 
You try to, uh, you know, you try to get the edge rush. You have Xavier Howard at one cornerback spot, um, and he's a pretty good player. He's gotten a little older now, but, like, he's still a guy who was a pro bowler in his prime. And then you hope to get by at the other position. It's a pretty good matchup to do that because if you look at the Chargers, you got Mike Williams, you got Keenan Allen, you got the rookie Quentin Johnson. Those are very good receivers. It's not Tyreek Hill. There's nobody like that out there that threatens the defense in that way. So I, I think Fangio's going to dial up some – some some blitzes and it's going to create some opportunities and they just have to make sure the Dolphins have to make sure that the weakest link is not exposed by Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Sunday night, uh, Dak has won his last ten starts against the Giants. Does that matter? No, but he'll win his eleventh start. Uh, you know, it matters because the Giants, for most of Dak Prescott's career, have not been a strong team. You know, they were a fading team. A couple of different coaches, the Dave Gettleman era, and they didn't have a very strong roster. They're better now, but if you look at their roster top to bottom, the Giants still have a lot of rebuilding to do. And I, I hate calling it a fluke because they worked their, their, their butts off to get there last year, but they weren't that strong a team. They won close games, well-coached, fundamentally sound football. You go against the Cowboys on Sunday night, the Giants are starting two rookie cornerbacks, two rookie cornerbacks against CeeDee Lamb and um, uh, Brandon Cooks. I think it's going to be a long evening for the Giants and a, and a pretty straightforward win for Dak. Okay, Monday night, you know, the uh, Aaron Rodgers debut with the Jets against the Bills. What are you looking for in that game? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm so weary of Aaron Rodgers and the Jets right now. I, I, I really just hope it is a good, close, competitive matchup so that we, we really see the strengths of these teams. It's interesting that my pal Aaron Schatz uh, for FTN Network run it. That game is really important for Super Bowl odds, really important for playoff odds. Nobody in the AFC East wants to start out 0-1 against another team in the AFC East because it's going to be very hotly contested, and it will probably be these two teams. So I don't know what to expect. I want to see that both teams play well, and I just want to break from the nonstop Aaron Rodgers hype for just a few days, and I, I don't think we're going to get it until maybe the Jets' bye week. Yeah, certainly I'm not going to get in the whole Monday to talk about it. And then the Monday night game on ESPN. So yeah, good luck yeah, on that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so what else might you be looking forward to on Sunday that I had a game or you know a player I haven't brought up here? There is so much. This is such a packed week one. You have a lot of rookie quarterbacks starting, and they're all starting at the 1 o'clock games. You got uh, uh, Bryce Young against the Falcons for the Panthers. You got C.J. Stroud for the Texans against the Ravens. You've got uh, um, Anthony Richardson, I, I blanked there, for the Colts against the Jaguars. I have a funny feeling it's going to be a rough outing for all three of them. What I hope to be able to do is I'm going to go to my local tavern, get three TVs, ask the bartender to put all three of them up, and I can watch all three quarterbacks at once and see if one of them has a bigger game than the other. But it's always exciting to see these debuts and see how, what, what progress these young men have made at this point. If you had to guess, which of those three quarterbacks will be best? In week one or for the season? In week Well, how about both? Okay, I'll say Anthony Richards in week one to go out there and run the read option and run for like 90 yards and break tackles and do stuff like that. I don't think the Colts can beat the Jaguars. I don't think they have the horses to do it. But Richardson could generate a lot of highlights and look like you know he, he's able to do things uh, with his legs that the other guys aren't necessarily as good at. Overall, C.J. Stroud has the best offensive line. And I think if you're looking at a, 
rookie quarterback, you're going to say, is he going to take 50 sacks this year? Is he going to start throwing the ball up for grabs? Stroud is the least likely one to do that because the Texans did invest in their offensive line. He's got a pretty easy schedule. He could come out with the best stats of the three by the end of the season. Mike, good stuff as always. How can people get a hold of your stuff, your new gig, and so forth? Well, the Messenger is a full-service newspaper. It is not just a sports site or a football site. The Messenger has news, politics, business, entertainment, sports, you name it. It's absolutely free. You just go to themessenger.com. Yes, join, get, get a newsletter. Get involved that way and uh, use it as your stop for all the news you need. It's just like your local newspaper, but it's on your computer. All right, Mike, good stuff as always. We appreciate it. Thanks much. You got it. Take care and enjoy the games on Sunday. Mike Tanier of The Messenger and co-author of the FTN Almanac. All right, next segment, phone call time if you want to get in, 602-260-1060. Also, we'll have a little uh, point spread update on the Cardinals, Sun Devils, and Wildcats uh, for the upcoming weekend, and also some Diamondbacks and uh, Cubs analysis from Thursday night at Wrigley Field. You're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and Castlex HD2 100.7.